September 19th, 1952, Charlie Chaplin is barred from entering the United States. To quote Chaplin, Welcome to The Revisionists. I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. I'm Mike Hammack. Joining us today, thank you for being here. You are very welcome. Mike, you're a uh, local stand-up. Right? Yeah. You do other things also? I do I do I do business things. Business uh, things. I I'm an amateur historian as I'm clearly here. I do uh, I do stand up comedies. Uh stand up comedies. I I'm very active on social media websites such as Facebook, Twitters, mm-hmm. Tinders. <laughs> Tinders. Your Angel Fires. Uh Angel live Fires, journals. your lives journal. Uh WordPress, MySpace, <laughs> Zanga. Your is is isn't Yours tubes? Yours tubes. Yeah, yours tubes. Yours I, I think you're thinking of red tube. Actually. Red tube. Yeah. All over red tube. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm coming and going there. Gross. Well, Series of tubes owned by a man named Yor. Nice to meet Yor. It's short for Yorick tube. It's all Hamlet. Let's, listen, listen. This isn't about me. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's is, focus on you guys. That's right. This what do you do? This podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're trash here. We have to fulfill our devil's bargain <laughs> of doing this podcast. You you have to do it until someone else takes over the podcast, and then they're they're trapped in the podcast. Yeah, it's like it follows. Yeah, it's exactly like you have to pass it on to someone. So if you would like to have sex at the end of the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> you could send us a message at revisionistpodcast.com. I was specifically asking Mike, but anyone will do. Oh, oh. <laughs> we'll put it out there. Mike, you're an excellent candidate. You see how good your Hannibal background is. Mm-hmm. Just to briefly recap what we do on the show, uh, we take a topic from history and we tell two different stories, one true and one alternate made-up bullshit history. And then we decide which one we would rather have as our actual accepted history. And this week we're discussing Hannibal, the Carthaginian. So, Mike, you're going to be telling the true story. I'm telling the only story. The only story. Zach, what? you're going to be telling the alternate I, it is a different story. No, well, no, there is no. This guy's life was so fucking insane. Like there, I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited to hear what you what you have to say. I'm excited to hear the alternate history. But this guy was. I'm glad you validated. Fucking bananas. Don't be bananas. I got nothing. <laughs> he ran a bakery. <laughs> well, I mean, Hannibal Burris. That's, I'm assuming, who we're discussing, right? Mm-hmm. The guy who outed yeah. Cosby Ancient figure, in 2015. Ancient. <laughs> uh, the man who brought Rome to his knees. When it revealed it had several old rape charges against him. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like Rome. Uh-huh. Uh, well, Mike, do you want to take it away? Yeah. All right. Hannibal. Carthenogenic. <laughs> which I believe is where we get the cigarette term from. Uh, someone... From Carthage, the cigarette. They 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 have power poor lungs. The air quality in Carthage is very bad. Carthaginian. The power of his father was a guy named Hamilcar Baraka. Uh, Baraka, I believe, is the actual term, but I like Baraka from the uh, fighting game. Um, Oh, I thought you were going for a Miri Baraka. No. uh, Anyway, his his dad fought something called the Punic War. Um, He, I believe, was eventually was sued for punitive damages, uh, hence the term Punic. but then, uh, how many definitions are you going to give I mean, in the course of the Well, you sue when you, when you get, uh, the carthenogens in your lungs from cigarettes, you sue for punic damage. I am appreciative. Marx Brothers. I'm kind of appreciative <laughs> you didn't go with the pubic pun. No, that uh, seems like the, what do I mean, you that's the low think road. of me? Again, that seems very Roman. What do you though. think of me, person who True. we didn't really sure if we would met earlier five minutes ago? <laughs> 
God. No words. So uh, at some point as a kid, one of his formative experiences is his dad holds him over a fire and says, I need you to fuck up Rome for me. And he's like, I will totally do that for you. Please don't put me in the fire. And that was like, that was when he decided he was going to start fucking up Rome. And that really happened. So he starts off the war, starts coming from Spain, and he decides he's going to invade Rome and he's going to be the guy to do it. Uh, Carthaginians are very famous for their war elephants. They use North African elephants, which are much smaller. They're not like what you would see in 300. They're, you know, it's like two. Oh, good, because I looked at 300 I once for documents for journalistic authenticity. What in essence it's used, like a it could very easily have been like, you know, in the same way an adult is formed by two children in a trench coat. <laughs> an adult is uh, formed. Uh, it's, 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 it's not a vulture. In the same, in the same way, <laughs> in the same way this elephant uh, was formed, it, it could very well be like two mastiffs and a turtle uh, with a tarp over it. They're small elephants. What sort of conversion chart are you using? I'm taking this? the height of the North African elephant, which I would estimate, based on the pictures, at about seven and a half feet. Put two mastiffs and then a turtle for that extra half foot. Throw a tarp over it. Gray. It's about the size of an African elephant. Okay. Uh, and so he decided he was going to invade. And he caught the Romans off guard. They were not surprised. They, they were expecting the Mediterranean. They were expecting the sea. They were not expecting a guy to bring elephants down from the mountains because where do elephants not live? Gaul. The sea. The mountains. The sea. No, uh-huh. we'll get to your Gaul. <laughs> Very soon. Third pun. We're going to go for like five on this one. Um, oh, that's a very low bar. Yeah, I, know. I think we've proven. I had like three or four solo puns just like yeah. last week. Within the span of 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. It was, I think it qualified as a war crime, actually. Yeah. Uh, so he crosses the mountains. And this is the famous story with uh, with Hannibal. He crosses the Alps uh, with uh, 38,000 uh, foot soldiers, 7,000 cavalry, and 38 war elephants. Uh, the very famous story is he gets trapped in the mountains. There's a rock slide. They can't get through these big boulders. So they pour vinegar all over them and then light them on fire. That oxidizes the rock or some shit like that. It cracks it. and they Vinegar? Uses... Again, there was that story about Cleopatra dropping a pearl in vinegar. Yeah. What is with vinegar and all this magic it could do that well, I did not know about? It's time to reveal our sponsor for this series of episodes. Is vinegar. 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 <laughs> Salads. More than salads. Melting pearls. Dear Vinegar, you need to work on your motto. Quickly eroding rock. <laughs> salads more than salads is not a good slogan. Isn't that really terrible? We've got, like, Vinegar had this really great epic history, and now it's just, it's a salad dressing. Don Draper, I think you're having a breakdown. <laughs> it's wine you forgot to drink in a timely manner. <laughs> not that I have that problem. But, uh, no, I mean, apparently that does something to the rock. It cracked the rock, and they used the elephants to clear it away, and they came down. Fun fact, not really, I mean, he's, he's known as, like, a great war general and stuff like that. He did lose half of his men in the Alps that was like you know it was he wasn't that great you know he did lose 18,000 people up there uh, crossing it in the summer but he gets down there and uh, he just beats the living fuck out of the Romans I mean he just goes to town on these guys goes up and down spends 15 years in Italy just beating the shit out of people never quite gets the strength to take down uh, take down Rome he can't invade the city itself but he's too strong for any of the uh, the guys themselves, any of the generals, to come out and beat him. So he literally just spends 15 years marching up and down across Italy, beating the fuck out of people. Biggest uh, success was a battle called uh, the Sorry, battle. Of- I'm just I'm just picturing like a before sunset style series of films with Hannibal and just like whatever Roman generals. Go, traveling up and down Italy as they get older, directed by Richard Linklater. <laughs> just, just touring about like, like, yeah. like the trip, and it's kind of sad but kind of happy. <laughs> Not much really happens. 
And they do Michael Caine impressions, which is weird because Michael Caine hadn't been invented yet. I'm going to destroy Rome. <laughs> All going to destroy Rome. Um, but I uh, the bloody doors off. <laughs> well, legend says there was always a Michael Caine. <laughs> always a Michael Caine. There was always a Michael Caine. So it's uh, like the giver, there's always one, and it's just passed down. Yeah. Yeah, they teach the one that follows. <laughs> the Roman army met, and he beat them terribly at the field of Cain. Not a joke. Uh, I believe that's how it's pronounced. C-A-N-N-A-E. Cain. Can I? Can I? I think, I think I've think i heard can I, but for purposes of this joke. I'm it's going to be Cain. It's yeah. actually pronounced Michael Cain. It was Michael Cain. It's pronounced Jaws the Revenge starring Michael Cain. Uh, and Hannibal used 60,000 guys that he had. He had gathered up. He had gotten, um, uh, not the Gauls, but he had gotten a lot of the, uh, the not the Celts either, but uh, the tribesmen in Italy, the Macedonians. Uh, to, ran, to rise up against the um, the Romans. So he got 60,000 troops, beat 80,000 Roman soldiers using war elephants and shit like that. Which, by the way, they, every place I read remarked, war elephants. Number one thing to beat a war elephant? Trumpet. We would blow a trumpet, it would scare the elephant back. Elephants. Would... Surprisingly stupid weakness. <laughs> <laughs> Again, not a great slogan. And also, why are we just trying to sell these weird categories of things? One of which is not even a product, but an animal. I just feel like you back then, there was some guy going around, like, selling trumpets. And he's like, alright, the military's got a lot of trumpets. Well, well, they need more trumpets. What do we sell? Elephants. You gotta worry about elephants? These will keep all the elephants I away. I prefer to think of it that it started as, like, a We need to flood the top... market with elephants so these trumpets can sell. <laughs> I prefer to think the trumpets started as a top-secret military weapon. <laughs> <laughs> I think you think of it There's as like... There's a Roman man who came home every night and his wife was like, what'd you work on today? Top secret. <laughs> I can't, can't tell you. And then he just he goes, I need to work from home and he just slams the door in here. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just like at the Trinity site where everyone's in the bunker just watching the field and suddenly you just hear like kind of blue <laughs> coming in from across, from on the breeze. I like your idea of like the military industrial complex flooding the market <laughs> with elephants to sell trumpets. Yeah, defeats 80,000 soldiers and uh, gets to the point really where he's, he's literally at the verge of taking Rome. He loses, you know, massive. Everyone loses a ton of guys. They think on that day, something around the level of like 50 to 60,000 Roman troops were killed. I mean, just a shit ton of guys. Died. At the Battle of Jaws for the, the Battle of starring Michael Kay. The Battle of Michael Kay. I rem- I've heard, I mean, this may not be technically true, but an alternate theory I've heard is that he used some pretty inventive um, military techniques, even though he had smaller numbers, he, like, sort of made it so his men enveloped the, the other force. I'm glad you brought that up. actually crushed them, like, compl- managed to completely surround them just by having smaller numbers and just slaughter their way throughout. It was a, a double envelopment, is what it, what it was. What he did is he A t- lot of people. What it's he called did an army. Is he took well, they his were war- squeezed together like they couldn't <laughs> even move. Took his war elephants and used them uh, against the thing they're most effective against, which was breaking cavalry. And as most of the time back then, they would take uh, your cavalry and you'd throw it against each other. And then once whatever one broke, you would just use it to massacre the men. He took all his cavalry, put it on one of the flanks, and then uh, put his infantry behind his war elephants. The war elephants went in, got a little fucked up by the Roman cavalry, but. It collapsed his front line, but he has such strong flanks that his cavalry was able to come in and destroy the Romans' much weaker flanks and completely routed them. So, yeah, it's in essence elephants. If we're doing rock, paper, scissors, it's infantry, elephant, trumpet. That's really... Trumpet beats elephant. Elephant beats infantry. Infantry beats trumpet. Oh, yeah. Infantry. 
I, the way I've heard it described is that they were so pushed together that they like couldn't move their arms and they were just waiting for people to slash their way to them, which sounds terrifying. Yes. <laughs> so basically Hannibal stuffed them in a locker then beat the shit out of them. More or less, yeah. <laughs> so he beats the Romans. No one, no, There's no Roman army right now that can beat him, but he's not strong enough to take the city itself. So he literally just spends 15 years marching around Italy living off the land, and he forces the Romans to engage. Becomes a hobo for a while. <laughs> Discovering Hannibal. He really is. He's Hannibal. Getting, to, he's, getting to know Hannibal. Famous a, vagrant Hannibal. College <laughs> sophomore who just fucked his way across Italy. <laughs> couldn't afford to go home, but couldn't afford to stay in a hostel it's either. It's weird that he's a college sophomore for 15 years. This is like a weird Van Wilder situation. <laughs> I wanted to add Hannibal to my favorite sub-article on Wikipedia. Notable hobos. <laughs> <laughs> Which is... My favorite, just for the name. There's also a sub article that goes, notable people who hoboed. (laughs) (laughs) So he goes, he goes, uh, he keeps begging his hometown, Carthage, is like, please send me some troops. We can absolutely do this. We can beat the Romans. They don't send it. There's a guy who kind of betrays him in a very 300-esque style. And he just kind of gets stuck there. And eventually, um, he's defeated by a guy named Scipio Africanus, which is the reason that sounds familiar is if you've seen... Uh, Gladiator. Or Heard of the Country Africa. Or Heard of the Country Africa. South Africa. The scene where, where Russell Crowe really takes command of the movie and defends everything. That's based, the fight they're fighting is based on Scipio Africanus versus uh, Hannibal. And uh, he's defeated. So, but he doesn't die. He gets to retire. Because that's, they were just cool back then. It's like if we let Osama bin Laden run an Applebee's or something afterwards. Like that, That's not really retirement. No. I assume that's a lot of work. He went back and he just he became a businessman and a politician. But uh, they did get into one more fight. He helped somebody else, uh, another king, in a fight at some point. He became his general for a while. He's in his late 40s. And this is what I was telling you earlier. The reason Hannibal is directly responsible for the film Snakes on a Plane. Uh, I always suspected that. I Because they had that story by credit at the end of the movie. <laughs> Hannibal. Yeah. yeah, he got EP on that, didn't he? Yeah, uh, he got his executive producer. <laughs> hobo, hobo, hobo producer. Hobo producer. Got HD. That's the HP. HP. Um, no, he. Uh, there, there was a boat battle, big, big battle, and they were coming to some cliffs, and he took buckets uh, of snakes and dropped them, or, or pot pots of full of poisonous snakes, and dropped them onto these boats. Why these guys pots full of snakes? Because that may have just been spaghetti. Well, and it just got exaggerated. Snakes right? on a snakes on a boat. He also dropped snakes eyeballs on, on them. <laughs> he asked them to close their Which eyes and feel the eyeballs he was dropping. And the Romans surrendered out of fear. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he uh, poisoned a bunch of sailors uh, with uh, with uh, snakes. Um, he dropped him on the, and then he eventually he could have just waited for syphilis to do it. He eventually then sailors. then became a politician. Figured out the debt crisis for Carthage, got the whole thing settled down, paid off the debt back to Rome, and then they became so successful that Rome kind of freaked out that they were being so successful. Uh, they came back in the Third Punic War, beat the fuck out of Carthage, salted the ground so nothing would ever grow there again. And, uh, and that's how we get Libya. And that's how we get Libya. Hannibal then poisoned himself with poison he kept in his own ring. Because he said, apparently the Romans can't wait for an old man to die from old age, so I'll just do it for you. And that's how he went out, like a fucking G. Well, fuck. Right? How do you beat that? What can you make up to beat that? It's literally snakes on a plane, elephants on a mountain, okay, poison in a ring. I don't know. I'm not sure how closely 
related snakes on a plane is to that. Well, no, the real the real story behind snakes on a plane is a bunch of writers were sitting around going, "What's the worst title for a movie we could think of?" And someone said snakes on a plane, and someone said, "I'm going to write that movie." Yeah, that's basically based on the life of Hannibal of Carthage. That was originally the subtitle. It was like based on the novel Pushed by Sapphire. Do you, Do you know what the the, the character name uh, for Samuel Jackson is in Snakes on a Plane? Um, I do not. It's Hannibal. Oh, is that, it? That's I, I made that up. I have oh. no idea. It sounds it's right though, doesn't it? I fall. It's Hans <laughs> I Ibble. Hans I Hans Ibble. That sounds like someone in a cartoon. Hans Ibble. <laughs> FBI. That's not. I, I do not surrender. That's not intimidating. Hans Ibble. Zach, I believe it's your turn to take over the proceedings. Partly true. What he says. This uh, tale of wonder and glory. It's true that Hannibal's father was a noted military commander in the First Punic War. That is true. And he wanted Hannibal to follow in his footsteps in his crusade against Rome. But all Hannibal wanted to do was to dance. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking knew that was going to be exactly... So he said all he wanted to do is like, it's not accounting, it's definitely dance. (laughs) Yeah, who wants to do accounting? Yeah, he couldn't follow in his father's footsteps in his bloodlust against Rome because his heart was taken. With the beautiful, beautiful ways of the dance. <laughs> and when he got to high school, Carthage, he joined the high school dance squad. <laughs> dance squad. Does Carthage, does, his, does history know the name of the dance squad? It was the Carthage Elephants. That may come into play later. <laughs> <laughs> and also, dance squad sounds like a great 80s Please tell movie. me he loses a bunch of them in the mountains somewhere. <laughs> no. He... He is insanely skilled. He puts together, he finds he's a pretty good dancer, but he's even better at choreography. And he puts together the best goddamn dance routine <laughs> that Carthage has ever seen. He calls it Rhapsody, a poem in the key of bounce. And it is beautiful. <laughs> Many years later, Cleopatra, in an interview with Vibe magazine, would say that this dance routine inspired almost all of her work directly. So, pretty impressive stuff. And when they finally have it nailed down, this, like, b-boy fusion dance routine... Yeah, what was the dance style? I mean, I mean, it was mostly... B-boy fusion? B-boy fusion, yeah. Uh, How how do you feel that this this early dance upbringing affected the the great uh, rap-slash-dance battles of, say, of of Kanai, of, Mm. of Kane? Well, it's true that, I mean, once those battles really got going, the east and the west side of Kanaan, they uh, were not happy with one another. A lot of, a lot of unfortunate stabbings. Unfortunate stabbings. But that we, I suppose that the stabbings you're kind of glad about. We, we still sure. continue the unfortunate stabbing tradition today, don't we, mm-hmm. at dance competitions. I mean, oh, we yeah. do it in honor of Hannibal. Mm-hmm. They say don't go to a dance competition unless you've sharpened your knife. That, that's why whenever there's a dance competition and someone gets stabbed, you hear Hannibal's war cry, which is, I think, world star hip-hop. <laughs> <laughs> so, he practices and practices because he's trying to take his crew to nationals. <laughs> Just across the Mediterranean, the big shots at the Rome High School. Versus, wait, the, the robot school? The Roman High oh, School. the Roman High School. His okay. mascot is the gnomes. <laughs> the the Roman gnomes. The Roman gnomes. Rome gnomes. This is going to be the first year Carthage is ever going to overtake them in the dance comp, the big dance competition. But when they get there, like obviously the competition is in Rome because why wouldn't it be? They have all the money, so it's 
the Rome gnome hole. They really were like the Yankees of the of the ancient dance world. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Just constantly the villains. So much money. Well, Hannibal's crew was scheduled to go on right after the Roman crew, and there was a terrible surprise. The gall of those Romans. Am I right? Am I right? Come on. What are we doing with those puns? Start their routine, and it is beat for beat, note for note, Hannibal's routine. There was a spy in Carthage who sold out their dance routine to the Roman dance crew. And Hannibal had to improvise. What could he do? He couldn't do the same routine. The judges would tear him apart. And he fails. And they lose at nationals. And from that day forward, Hannibal could never forgive Rome. <laughs> I, you know what? I know what you're doing here, but is is bring it on based on Hannibal? I mean, there is that story by credit. It does really sync up. <laughs> like, it sinks up a lot. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it makes a lot of sense. Did Kirsten just kill herself at the end of Bring uh, It On? Just so I oh, know, in this version, Hannibal is actually the Clovers and not the Toros. So. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. So, finally, Continue. Hannibal, despite never studying military tactics, finally picks up his father's mantle. <laughs> so that whole dance thing was... <laughs> So now we're getting to just what happened. <laughs> this is all the prequel. Yes. <laughs> he thinks he might as well have just done pod racing. <laughs> he thinks the best revenge is burning the city to the ground. <laughs> so, so he gets an army together based on his father's name, a bunch of elephants, and he has this brilliant plan: sneak attack across the Alps. Everyone says you're crazy, Hannibal. You can't possibly cross the Alps with this many men and this many elephants and expect to survive. And Hannibal does what he knows he has to do and makes a deal with the Dark Wanderer (laughs) 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 to give himself power over the dead. (laughs) Wait, is he Ghost Rider now? The Dark Wanderer, of course, is a malevolent force that exists (laughs) through all time periods. Some cultures, according to Caligula's uh, autobiography, mm-hmm. which was called, I believe, Music, Orgies, and a Time Machine, the story of Caligula. Not a great title. Wait, I, I, there was a ghost-written one called Caligula, Caligula you, Caligula me, Caligula us. Isn't that? I think that was, that was uh, written by a, a different party, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it was um, like the two different Steve Jobs books that came out. In the table. first edition of Caligula's autobiography, which of course was released in 1976, mm-hmm. there's a lot of references to the Dark Wanderer, who's sometimes called Satan or Loki or uh, Chuck Lorre or whatever. <laughs> but Take that, Chuck Lorre, I guess. <laughs> when he went through time and re-released it in 1932, all of those references were removed. So, pretty weird stuff. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's a word for it. Now Hannibal has the ability to bring people back from the dead and temporarily turn men into elephants. Elephants <laughs> into men. Elephants into men. Wait, so not vice versa? Not vice versa. One of them managed to survive for about 17, 1700 years. 1800 years. His name was John Merrick. Um, so he gave us a lot of this information, so, if I'm being honest. What the fuck did the 38 elephants do to Hannibal that he wouldn't turn them into men? Yeah. <laughs> well, he turned them into men to ease the crossing of the Alps. Just elephants are large. And but men what are... about the 38? That... The 38 that he didn't turn. The 38 he took into the Alps. What the fuck Oh, he turned them do? back into elephants when they got Wait, so he does have the power. He does have the power to turn them. Oh, yeah. He can go back and forth. As long <laughs> as they were originally elephants. 
the the unfortunate side effect of his of his pact is that uh, some of the undead got away and started a huge ghoul problem throughout Europe mm-hmm. that persisted for a while. And may persist to this day. And may persist to this day. Based that on our Julius to Caesar episode. But yeah, you get a few ghouls in there and pretty soon there's like hundreds. I mean, you see one ghoul and you probably have a thousand. Well, he gets to Rome and he realizes, I don't have a plan here. He's looking at this army and he's like, all I know is choreography. <laughs> Suddenly realizes chore- choreographing, <laughs> chore- choreographing, choreographing an army is not so different from choreographing a b-boy squad. I don't squad. think it's called choreographing an army. <laughs> I, don't, I think it's just called war. Maybe. So he uses the lessons he learns, creating his beautiful dance routine to create the most beautiful war tactics anybody had ever seen. Now, I, I want to check in because we touched on his early life uh, earlier. Please tell me that the basic chores he did around the house for his father prepared him in some way that he was not expecting to lead an army, like mopping or maybe washing the windows of his villa, of his father's villa, somehow prepared him. I mean, I assume him. those get worked into dance moves. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then hence into battle, like, you know, he's telling people, obviously you and you and the internet can't see this, but he's like, all of you. And he's realized he was actually doing the washing, washing motion yeah. the entire time. Gesticulating mm-hmm. as though you were washing a window. You yep. go over there and he realized he was just like washing the car. Yeah. And that's how he led his army, learning these the basic car? tricks. Yeah. Washing like, the carts. Chores like, te- like when his dad would say, go have this elephant gore my enemy. Like it turned <laughs> out that was super useful <laughs> when he got to the battlefield. This is never going to be a skill I'm going to apply in real life. And then elephant gore. It's like algebra. <laughs> it's like cursive. <laughs> Nobody uses elephant goring anymore. <laughs> So he wins. Uh, he defeats the Roman army using his beautiful, beautiful war tactics. Again, he can't take down Rome. He hobos around for a few years. Uh, he sets up a theater for dance just outside Rome that's pretty popular. Later, Cleopatra would play there. Big deal. And uh, eventually he does go home. And he becomes a politician for a while. The rest of his life until his death is uneventful. But when he dies, well, he's reminded at the time of his death <laughs> that he made that deal with the Dark Wanderer. Yep. And now his soul we belongs the to the Dark Wanderer. <laughs> so uh, there's a trial, of course. Are you doing <laughs> fucking devil Daniel Webster, motherfucker? <laughs> yes. Um, turns out uh, the... He loses the first trial, but there's an appeals system for oh. souls. Uh, the appeals is still going on. Yeah, and, I mean, I mean for eternal souls, like 2,000 years is kind of a long appeal, but not, nah, not, not too bad. So yeah. we don't really know what the deal with that is. He's still in appellate court. That's where Hannibal is today, fighting for his soul. In, appellate, in the appellate court system of hell. <laughs> yeah, so that's the real story of Hannibal, man. I don't know what to tell you. That's what happened. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I call utter horseshit on that entire... Cause I, you, you didn't even keep with the same movie trope. <laughs> oh, it's a tale as old as time. I mean, I don't know the if old as old as uh, dance competition, seen... deal with the devil, fiddle, ghost rider. I'm sorry, did you see Bring It On 2? Because there is definitely a deal with the devil. I. You know what? I, I, I can't actually argue that. I did not see... 
Bring It On 2. I saw Bring It On 3 and I couldn't follow it because I never saw Bring It On well, 2. Well, they're in the appeals It's all about the legal system in hell. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I was either... That bring, one's pretty inside baseball. It was either Bring It On 3 or Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. And I'm not sure yeah. which movie I was one watching. Two, because one of those is definitely in color and it's hard to tell apart. Well, I'm colorblind. I don't... Uh, I, can't, I can't... I'm colorblind too! I can't see race, so... Oh, I don't I'm like know. actually like regular. I, can I don't see know if yeah, yeah, could, if the man who appeared to be an older white male. I also don't see gender or age or uh, or class. I don't know if I was looking at an older white male or a young Latino dance squad because mm. I I don't prejudice myself against anything. So it I don't could know. have been Werner Herzog on that dance field. <laughs> It, dance it, field. That's what they're called, on that right? Dance field. On when that was the last dance. time you danced? <laughs> 1997? Mm, okay. It was junior high school prom. Was it? Because I don't... I danced alone in the corner. I don't think those dates match up, and I don't know that that's a thing. That exists. I didn't have to be in junior high school to go to junior high school prom. It's, it's just prom. As, you know that. I said in the witness proms. stand by Zach Powers. Oh. Officer, I don't know what happened to that girl. I was at junior high school prom. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, two two stirring tales well. of Hannibal, and I am honestly torn. So what I'm going to do, and this is the first time we're going to be opening up the story to an audience vote, but uh, if you have a pick as to which story you like better, please send that vote to me. You can do that on revisionistpodcast.com. Uh, there you can also send us a comment, ask us a question. Suggest a topic, and then in about a week, I'll announce the winner, and then we'll move on from there. Well, I hope we have the listenership to get a single vote. (laughs) Well, uh, we should have a single vote. This will become a dictatorship, Mm. I feel like. And we salute our benevolent overlords. While we're talking about business, you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Mike, uh, this will be out this Saturday, but you'll be in the... uh, You made the finals of the New Faces contest at Denver's Comedy Works. Yep. Congratulations on that. Uh, which you should check out because there's a lot more rounds coming up and the finals will be great. Yeah, I'll be um, opening up the show for the, some of the remaining contestants on the 28th at Comedy Works. So. And uh, just to tease it, the whole month of October, we'll be doing special Halloween-themed episodes, so we'll be leaving ancient history behind for a couple of episodes. We hope you're looking forward to that because it's going to be really, really fun. Mm-hmm. If you thought the puns were bad before we had Crypt Keeper as a reference. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Mike, thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Zach, thank you as always. Yeah, absolutely. And for everyone here at The Revisionists, I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. I'm Mike Hammock. Thanks for listening and join us next time. <laughs>